we don't often have to be continueds in our episodes and we didn't completely end with a cliffhanger in the last one but I did mention this question in our last episode and said I think we need to put a pin in this and continue this conversation at a later date so here we are I'm ready to have a full conversation around the topic of is the social in social media dying and are we moving to more of a entertainment-based model when it comes to social media? Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives. Two friends talking about the complex, messy, and beautiful experience that is being a creative. I think like anything else, it's how you, it's it's your perspective on it, right? Um, not that I want to go down this path, but just for sake of the argument, what social media became in and around, you know, the 2016 and 2020 elections, for those of us who were completely turned off by what social media was at that point in time, I think we'd argue like it, it lost its socialness. It lost its enjoyment. It lost its connection. It lost looking at what friends are doing and it turned more into this political environment. And, you know, we know what we know about elections being interfered with and messed with in that process. But for those individuals who found that environment to be enthralling, they might have looked at it and thought, this is my social environment. This is what this is what I want it to be. So I always think it's it's the the perspective that you look at this. I think for our standards as creators and people who are involved in, in creative industry, I think we've sort of seen the the connection piece of social media, that that component of social, I think we've seen that start to dwindle, you know, over the last few few years, maybe a little bit longer than that. And I think we have seen sort of a, a, a drift away from connections and what 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 unifies us or, or identifiable moments or things that we've kind of shared experiences over. And we have seen more of a slide over to an entertainment type industry. I love that you brought up those two, the two election years as kind of turning points. I hadn't really considered those as being uh, the instigators for change, but they definitely are. Um, But I kind of wanted to like go back to the beginning. Anyone who's kind of in, I would say, our age group. So anyone who was born you know, kind of in between like 1982 and maybe like 1987. I feel like that group of people, we were really the first to experience the the birth, I would say, of the social media that exists today with when Facebook first came out, only college students had access to it. So if we look at people, if we still use Facebook, that we're <laughs> connected with, sometimes when I pop onto Facebook and I see these names pop up on my feed, I'm like, oh, I like, how do I know that person again? Or, or I forgot about them. But that was kind of the, the nature of these platforms when we all first came onto them. And even if you aren't, you know, in, in that age group, even if you came on a couple of years later, I think those first few waves were reconnecting with people that you knew from high school or your childhood or even thinking about um, our parents generations like the like the baby boomer generation I think there was a lot of also you know reconnecting with 
people that they knew that they they didn't even they had no way of keeping in touch with those people so it really felt like this exciting time and and to have this technology for us to be able to just think of a person and look them up and then like be able to communicate with them other than you know trying to <laughs> send them a letter or something which is really the I mean or trying to find their phone number and call them which would be completely awkward I think <laughs> so would, so would writing a letter but <laughs> I don't know. To me, the letter feels like less awkward. Oh, You're God. saying you would rather someone, someone that you haven't like thought of in like 25 years, you would rather have them call you and you pick up the phone and have to immediately be on a conversation with them than them send you a letter. Do I have to pick one? Because I think I'd rather neither of those choices, but <laughs> please but don't never letter, context. Steve. <laughs> writing, writing a letter just seems so hard. Like it really does seem really hard. Well, You don't have to, to write the letter. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess I also have felt that way over the years when you get those Christmas card letters, you know, when people like, you know, they, they print them out and they're like eight paragraphs long about everybody in their family. And even that's very uncomfortable for me to read. So, yeah, I'm anti-letter, anti-phone call. I'm pretty much like in that like comfort, like text zone. Uh, I oddly got a text message the other day from a friend of mine from high school about the March Madness tournament, who I haven't spoken with in, in quite some time. I still see him, you know, we, we, we might interact every now and then on social, liking a post or whatever it is, but, but I got a text from him out of the blue about it. And I was just like, huh, Kevin, like, you know, like this was cool. <laughs> like I'm very good with the text. So yeah, I think that would be my, my primary choice, but anyway, go on. Yeah. So when I look back on that time, if I am isolating it from where we are now, I think of that time as being very favorable, like those early days of social media. And then what I would consider to be like chapter two to me was like the best time on social media, which was the rise of Instagram, having this platform that I felt like fit so perfectly into the way that I like to express my creativity and being able to share photos and it and it is the way that I did meet new creative friends in you know them finding my photos because we didn't have video then and me finding their photos and 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 having conversations in the comments and and in the dms and I think that all of these posts that we've seen in the last couple of years about like bring the old instagram back I think at the at the heart of it, that is what we're missing. We're missing this time that I, I don't, as sad as it is to say this, I don't think that we can recreate that anymore. Um, but to me, that was kind of like the the golden age of social. And then I think that we progressed into the, the, the period that you brought up, Steve, which is like when these elections came on the scene <laughs> came on the scene like they came out of nowhere we didn't know <laughs> that they were coming and we had no elections before that but there was something <laughs> about like the <laughs> the 2016 and then the 2020 elections that i think just kind of brought out the worst of us and and by that point we had facebook instagram twitter reddit i mean i all the major players i think existed in 2016 everyone was comfortable with using them everyone had access to them and i think maybe we all felt a little too comfortable in that like we knew that we had these platforms where we can go out and just i feel like maybe it was the equivalent of like verbal graffiti yeah. we started defacing all of these platforms i guess i also wonder like 
I can remember growing up and and you know seeing the the evolution from like my parents recognizing that they are like they are parents all right so like you know they're they're of the parent age and and they have a certain set of roles and responsibilities and I imagine like any kind of adult with roles and responsibilities with a job and this that and the other thing when they hit a certain age point like see themselves in that in that regard and you know you were talking about how how you know people are pining for for you know bring back the old Instagram and bring back you know the old Facebook and and really what we're talking about is bringing back a period in our lives that we don't have anymore and you start to ask yourself like is it really for is is what it is right now is it really for us and you know anymore and is that okay um because i think that's why we've seen you know when you, if you look macro level at entertainment these days and you see just how many reboots and you know bringing back of old shows and old this and you know and and we sort of have this like special spot in our heart for it and oh they're bringing back you know they're 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 redoing boy meets world and they're they're bringing back full house and they're bringing back roseanne and they're bringing back you know whatever and then you you sort of watch it and you're just like oh this doesn't fit in the time period that i'm in right now like not that it's not a good show it just doesn't fit like where i am and what i remember it the feelings that i remember it stirring up in me and i i think that's a hard part that in this equation that we that I don't know if we're if we're giving it's just due that yes these platforms have changed but we have too and does that is that okay because I I I I think it's just like anything else in life you sort of outgrow certain components of things and then you look back fondly on it and wish you still had it because they're still there it's still in existence but is it ever going to be what it was? That's a time period in your life you're never going to get back. Even if they did revert back to the original status of these channels, it's still not going to be the same as it was when you were going through it in the throes of it. I feel like that TV example was so good, yet also just really broke my heart a little bit because the reality is, I mean, I don't know if everyone feels this way, but that is kind of how I generally feel about reboots is like all of us I think have a little bit of this yearning to return to a time that in our mind was either better or more comforting than the time is now and you know we tend to romanticize the past we don't think about the bad things that happened during that time and we think that by revisiting something whether it's you know through a tv show or something else that we're going to, you know, be fulfilled or, or the idea of what we thought that we experienced then we'll get to now experience again, but it's never the same. It's no. not. I mean, I, I think that we've shared this example before about like, you know, if you've ever gone back to like visit your high school or visit your, your elementary school as an adult and just how like out of place you feel and you're just like this is not right like this mm-hmm. is I don't belong here anymore and I think that the same is true for so many of these things that we keep trying to like revive and bring back and it's like no it, that, it was great then but now we have 
new things. And just because we bring it back doesn't mean that we're going to like feel the way that we think that we're going to feel. But I think that's why, you know, in, in, in marketing and art, you know, touching on nostalgia or, or, or utilizing nostalgic elements to, to design or to creativity or to your messaging is such a powerful moment because it does put people in a very vulnerable spot, which is ultimately what you're trying to do. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to get them in this very like relaxed phase to have whatever you're creating wash over them. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of value to, to, I'd argue that nostalgia is probably one of the more valuable marketing tools that, that, that exists. All right. So let's bring things from, from the election years into the pandemic years. And, and what I think is really the catalyst for this rise in a more entertainment based um, experience on social media, which is, you know, obviously we all went through a bad time in 2020, 2021. Had to watch a lot of people attempting making bread and, you know, yep. push up challenges. <laughs> Awful. And I, I, I do think it's a combination of the the people who during those like tumultuous election periods were just like so disheartened and became disheartened with people that maybe they they once respected but now you know don't i think a lot of people kind of like shut off some of those connections that they may have made when they first came onto these platforms and now i think people are just like make me feel good that's all i care about right now and i think for a lot of us knowing too much about certain people that we know in real life or that we've come to know over the years, like through the, through the internet. Um, we're just kind of like, no, I want to live in this like fantasy world where I don't even like care who these people are. And I think that that's, in my opinion, why TikTok has had such a boom is that I think most of these silos that we end up in on TikTok that are so specific to our interests. I don't know about you, Steve, when you use TikTok, but for me, like, I never see anyone that I know. And Uh that's kind of like a good thing, like not to be mean, but I like, (laughs) I don't want to see people that I know on TikTok. I I think you have something here (laughs) because I was thinking as you started, as you started talking, like, Oh, it would be really interesting to do a breakdown of like, you think about the early days of social, like we were, you know, all you're doing is adding and compiling friends, right? You know, you know, more and more and more and more people come on, you're adding more and more and more. And like anything else, like you reach this peak and then there's a downside of like, I'm going to block this person. I got to mute this person. I can't look at this person. And I think my (laughs) ratio of blocks and mutes to ads (laughs) is like way in the blocks and mute side of the, uh, of, of the, uh, the balance of the equation. So there is something to be said, like you're saying about, you know, not to be redundant here, but I think because you're consuming people that you really don't know on TikTok, you know, for the most part, or at least that's my experience as well. And I kind of, I, I enjoy it that way. It's about interest area more so than it's about the people. And, and it's the first one that I feel like for my use deprioritizes the, the people and 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 really puts the emphasis on what you enjoy in life and what you want to be around more and for all the slings and arrows that it gets and and I understand them I'd argue it's it's more of a healthier 
platform than many others. Yeah, and I think that the way that the algorithms are going, I can't really speak for LinkedIn and Facebook as much, but for me, Twitter and Instagram, I feel like it is, it's kind of in that same rhythm realm, realm, realm where I feel like most, <laughs> most of what's popping up in my feed are either by suggestion or new people that I've started to follow who I didn't know before. I feel like I've kind of like lost the personal connection. And, and Instagram is the place where I've like always had that, but I feel like even that has diminished and you know i think it is partially because me you other people that i'm close with we've all kind of said like i don't need to be on instagram all the time so i think that all of us have kind of taken a little step back and just haven't been as active on the platform so that's part of it is like oh well none of the people i'm close with are like on here anyway so like why am i going on but i i find that when i do go on to instagram it is just strangers posts that I don't feel particularly like invested in, which is kind of nice. And maybe this is, I don't know if this is just for me, but maybe this is kind of all of us collectively feeling like we need to take better control over our social media use and our, our habits with our phone. And I feel like if I'm not as connected or invested in what I'm seeing there, then I'm not going to use it as often. Yeah. If you could design your, your, your perfect, um, social world, social media world, um, be it a channel or an environment, would it be TikTok or would you, would you want to incorporate other things into a base that might include TikTok to give you more of a perfect world? It's such a loaded question because I, I think how that... How dare you? I, yeah, I put a first, lot of thought Number into one, it. how dare you? <laughs> that, no, it's, it's, a, it's a great question, but, I, but it leads to a, a complicated answer. And, and I would challenge you to try to answer that. A, a succinct answer that encompasses how you feel about it as a creator and as a consumer. That's, that's where it's becoming a challenging answer for me. As a creator, I only want to talk to people who care about what I'm talking about. Okay. So TikTok in that sense is great. Right. Because I feel like that's all it does is like, I'm, I feel like I can't really speak intelligently about this because I barely use the platform. But anytime I hear someone talk about it, they're like, yeah, my feed is only Harry Styles performances. And I'm like, really? That's like, that's your whole feed. You don't have any other like interest but or it, but, but think about like but think about what we utilize like you know netflix for or or like you have interests you have things that you you know like i'd argue i mean there's there's, there's other things that that show up in the you know in in your in your you know netflix when it opens up because it's the way it's built but the things that end up getting recommended for me are all in that realm mm -hmm. and it's all things that i actually care about and it's usually the things that i'm pretty much scrolling through like i'm not going down you know certain rabbit holes on netflix so I, I think that actually is like you're on TikTok, but really in this case, like you're on your Harry Styles network and that's what you, that's your, that's your outlet, right? Like when smartphones really became kind of like what they are today and 
people were had their nose in them 24-7, there was always this, you know, everybody's always in their phones, everyone's always on their phones, and no one's ever looking up. And, like, if you pull up a photo from the 20s or 30s or 40s, everybody's got their face in a newspaper, and none of us look at that and say, like, everybody's always got their face in a newspaper. What are they doing? You know, the world's up here, guy. Like, nobody ever, like, criticized that because that was normal then. But now we have a point of reference, and all of a sudden – utilizing things like TikTok to go down Harry Styles paths is somehow a negative thing. And then that's not what you're implying, but like it's, it's all of a sudden like a, that's all you want to do. That's what you, yes, that's what I do to make me happy. You know, it gives me that sense of satisfaction that I'm, I'm searching for that I'm, I, that I need in my life. And I feel like you just summed up my argument, which is. I asked the, the questions and I answered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good work. Thank you. Thank you. Which is that social media now is primarily used for entertainment. It's, it's an escape from whatever is going on in our life. But is that okay? Can that be I, okay? Of course that's okay. I'm not, like, I'm not right? saying it's no, bad. No, 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 I'm, not, I'm not. Okay. First of all, we're on the same team here. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, but like, but there is this like, there's this, I wish it was like this, or, you know, it, it, it couldn't go, you know, like, and we have that, but like, can we, can we be okay with that? Like, can we, you know, is, is that an okay thing to accept that the natural evolution of where we are is in more of a, of an entertainment, maybe less social, more media than, than it was. And is that okay? Yes. Do you feel validated? <laughs> Just sit out the rest of the episode. No, like. no, no, it's no. Fine. Keep coming with your very interesting questions. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I do want to address this from a more of a creator perspective because I feel like I've just begun to wrap my head around this concept that like, okay, I don't want to say gone are the days, but the days are dwindling in which we are having these like in-depth conversations and connections like in the comments, in the DMs. I don't think that will ever like completely go away, but I do think that there needs to be a mindset shift when you're thinking about how you're going to approach creating content and putting it out there. I mean, and we talk about this all the time. We're like, you know, know your audience, but in this case, it's like, know what your audience is coming to the platform for and how they want to feel when they get there. So it's, it's one thing if you're creating content, like searchable content. So something like that you want to show up in a Google result, or you want to show up on YouTube as like a solution for a problem that someone's having. But I think it's like, it's either that, or they just need a break from their life and they want to consume something that they enjoy. So now when I sit down to create a piece of content, I've like started to go into it more with just like, can you just make who's ever watching this like smile or can you inspire them? Which is, I, I guess I've always tried to have a little bit of that, but now it's like, you don't always have to be solving like a big problem. Mm -hmm. You're in a different industry than I am. Um, when it comes to like the work that you're creating in your team at work, but has this changed anything for all of you? Because you, you do need to provide information to the people on the other end. That is essentially like 
your audience, but has your communication style changed or do you think that it will change to like catch up with this like evolution? I think it has changed. And I think the ones that are, are keen on it, you know, or, or clued in on it maybe is the better way of saying it. I think are the ones that see more of the, the, the success and you said it, I think people are going to, to social largely to be entertained or to, to feel good. Um, what delivers that is really sort of up for debate and how you kind of fit into that. But I think those are the main reasons why we're, we're, we're venturing to, to these channels. Your, your psychology when you're, when you're on a, on a, on a given platform, whether it's social or email or a website is different. Your purpose for what you're there for, or what you're looking for is different. You know, I'm not going into my email to be entertained. Right. So like, the communication that you might be using in your email marketing or your email messaging or, you know, and this is going to vary widely depending upon your industry and your purpose for, for email, it's going to be a little bit different than, you know, it's going to be if you're on social, um, and, and, and you might be more geared into, to creating something that's going to entertain people. Colleagues of mine did a piece recently on, um, an esports uh, program, you know, a video game program that's that's taking place in in one of our districts, um, and and the video piece, there was a web article on it, you know, that we wrote to kind of like frame it, and it was it was you know, part of a of a of a newsletter, and which was awesome. But we also did a social component for it, which really sort of told the story of the relationships that these kids were making that they otherwise you know wouldn't have had the opportunity. Like this this program brought them all together, and they were all closer for it. And, 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 you know, they've built these long, you know, it's, it's given them a purpose, you know, and, and it really pulls at your heartstrings and it connects you to this program in a way that an article or some kind of a blog post or whatever it is, isn't capable of doing, but someone's going to read the blog post and get informed about it still. Right. And someone's going to come across the piece of content on social and be more engaged by it. And both are acceptable. It's just about delivering it in the manner that's going to meet where people are when they're on those given platforms. That's definitely not the first question that comes to mind when I sit down to create a piece of content is like, what is going to be the state of this person's minds when they come across it? But I feel like that should always be the first question. Yeah. Otherwise it's like almost like a language, like you're almost delivering it in the wrong language for them to be able to consume. You're, I think that's it. I, I think understanding psychology in, in and of itself is its own language. Understanding where people are and how you can hit them in the moment. I think sometimes like think about some of the, the you know, the email marketing uh, campaigns that you might get from from retailers. Like if you covered up the name of the company, you know, Kohl's, uh, I don't know. I don't I'm not <laughs> I'm not the best with this. But if you cover up the name <laughs> of the company or the brand you know, with your, with your thumb and you just look at the subject line. Could you tell me which is you know, like, what, yeah, what, they're all the what same. goes to yeah. what? No, like they're all the same. They're all this, like, you might as well just, you know, you, you honestly utilize chat GPT to generate a subject line because it's going to be the same. But when you have the relationship, a strong relationship, or you seek out that content, like there are certain email newsletters that I sign up for because they help me at my job. And when they hit my inbox, I know that this is going to pro- instantly provide me some level of value I think that's the that's the, the the relationship challenge through the content through what you're providing people. Every piece of content that you create 
is a relationship building. It, it aims to strengthen the relationship. You know, you might look at it as I'm telling people this or I'm trying to get them to feel a certain way. But at the end of the day, you're trying to strengthen the relationship between you and your customer or you and your audience. So I think the more you're able to do that, the more you understand what you mean to them. I mean, you get a clear definition of what your brand is. And then you can start to sort of leverage that and um, be more keen on how you're creating subject lines or how you're creating pieces of content that you can kind of cut through that noise more regularly. Okay. I don't expect you to try to solve this um, in this conversation. And maybe this needs to be another to be continued, but we are just like, this is like <laughs> a three-parter jump in the shark. <laughs> Do people get that reference, jump in the shark anymore? With is that is that too old? Do you get that reference? Of I mean, you okay? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just stepping in it. I'm Who do you think you're talking to? I know. I should have. I pulled the words back in before as soon as I said it. Um, yeah, but like anyway, go ahead. Special three part episode. Okay, so th- my next question, which I feel like has been a struggle for me recently, like in the last couple of years, is with this decline of the social component of social media and with the rise of entertainment comes from a creator perspective, like do people like this? Are people engaged? Because I think when we think about a a user, like we are being served with like so much content at a more rapid pace every day. And I know for me, like, I don't respond to a lot of things. I don't leave comments. I don't always like things like I I try to because I try to like think about those creators and be like, Oh, I know how much this heart is going to like mean to them. Like I'm saving the world. But (laughs) one like at a time. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do think for all of us who have been creators, like for the last 10 years, I'm still getting used to this idea that like, I'm not going to see as much feedback as I once did. And I need to reconcile that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not enjoying it. It's just no behaviors have changed and that people are just not doing this as much anymore. Or there might be new people who don't know me and don't feel comfortable interacting. So I don't know, is, is the solution like just get comfortable or are there other indicators that we need to start looking for that are showing that because I just having like the views to me isn't that feels really shallow like that doesn't really mean anything to me unless I know that I'm like seeing the same people come back again and again and having some other kind of indicator that I I know that the content is making a difference to them or, or hitting with them in some way. You know, I struggle with this because analytics are one thing, right? But it, it it's one piece of the, the of the puzzle in terms of an indicator. There's almost like a certain leap of faith that you have to make when you have zeroed in on what makes you you to your audience or what they look to you for, and then the ability to create and know that even if you're not getting the likes or the, 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 the DMs back about how this hit home, that like it is it is making a difference. And this this is a weird thing to think back on, but it's it's so strange that it popped into my head. Like, so I'm learning as a parent that like, you're understanding your your I'm understanding my son and 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 his interests and 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 what he gets excited about and you know, 
and I know when I do things that are going to like he's going to appreciate or something that you're going to do. And you don't always get hit with a thank you. I mean, he you know, you'll say like, you know, my, my wife will be like, what do you say? Thank you. OK, fine. <laughs> but like you don't always get the immediate like gratification, but, you know, it means something to him. Like you have that sort of connection with him that he's going to remember this. And I'm thinking back to when I was a kid, my dad used to work nights and on Saturday mornings when he would work Friday nights, he would come home in the morning and he would always, uh, he would most often stop at Burger King and pick up these, these, um, French toast sticks. And I loved them as a kid. It was just like, it was the greatest thing. And like, so he would come home at like seven 30 in the morning and I probably wouldn't be up yet or maybe just be getting up, but I'd walk out into the living room, into the kitchen and the bag would be on the table. And it was just a part of my, and I didn't often like when he would wake up after, you know, going to sleep, coming home, like I didn't go in there and say, Hey, thanks for the French toast. Like he just knew it was going to mean something to me. And I have this memory my entire life now of like that. And a lot of the things that I do is to like give Ryan those types of like moments that he's going to have, right. It's the relationship. It's the knowledge of your audience. There's a certain blind trust. The more I think we kind of go away from the, the the power of analytics guiding everything that we do, because you know, let's face it, you know, data data is only as good only as good as the person interpreting it, and whatever your biasness is towards that. But when you really do understand who you're communicating to and what they where they are and what might hit the best for them. I think there's sort of this leap of faith that you just make that it's it's going to hit right. It's going to make that 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 impact on people. And you're going to you're going to build the relationship, you know, one one French toast stick at a time. Like you're going to you're going to create that sort of connection that will have that imprint on them that goes beyond just what a like or what a DM or what a what a response, what a reply, you know, might might do to to let you know you're on the right track. What a great example. All right. So this is my solution. Leave French toast sticks for my audience. Yeah, right? Like Yeah. And is that okay? Right? Like, you know, or or can you be can you can you take it not you, but like can can we be okay with knowing like there's a certain level of like knowledge that data can provide, but there's a certain you have to know these people. You can't let data drive every decision. You have to know them on a connection level. Can you trust that? Can you trust that that's there? Yeah, but I I think the beautiful part of your story is even though you weren't like verbally saying thank you every time or like leaving your dad a thank you note or anything like he had the consistency to keep doing that every single Saturday morning. And I think that consistency is one of the things that we do have control over. One of the few things that we have control over on social media so maybe it's it's just that it's just having the consistency to keep showing up even if you don't get a thank you because you love your audience that much if you've enjoyed this episode help us spread the word on social media tag us at pod for creatives and let us know what stood out to you i don't know i feel like very comfortable with like old people situations and like I don't oh, know. Yeah. I feel like this is like what I'm meant to do is to like be an old person. Yeah. I've always said that I will be, I will be the greatest old man ever if I'm fortunate enough to get to that, that age. Like I know how to sit. I know how to not want to do things. 
I enjoy eating at odd times of the day. Like it's it's all of that stuff is like right in my wheelhouse. So yeah, and like every time I go to visit my grandpa, I mean like granted, like no one wants to be in a retirement home, but I'm like this really isn't that bad. I'm like they have this schedule. I'm like they have movies. They have little concerts. You get cookies every meal. Like it's really not that bad. They have a puzzle, a, like a whole puzzle room. That sounds great. Met. I think I think we're met. a puzzle room <laughs> just for puzzles. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll send you a picture of it. I took it one of the last times I was there. I, like I opened the door. I was like, "What is this magical place?" 